Hi, welcome to the Vine Church podcast. This week we've got a great speaker. Hope you enjoy it. <laughs> Interesting walking down there and all I heard was, was it speech? It's, it's good to hear the youth getting their revenge right back on me for saying that every time they get up to say something. So, welcome. This is a, a wee adventure for me. I'll, let's see if I can switch everything on here. How's everybody doing? It's good. Thanks, Alan. It's unusual because I'm expecting to be here for a short time then. I'm expecting to maybe like give notices and all this type of stuff, but I'm actually not going to be doing that. Uh, lovely. Almost, I'm going to insult him now. Stevie's like a twin, you see. He's not, uh, just. So, uh, well, welcome. This is Pentecostal Sunday. How exciting is that? I think this trumps possibly a wedding that took place. For those who may or may not be aware, Pentecost Sunday it's when we celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit. When in, we saw in Acts when it came down, it came down in flames. Isn't that brilliant? God's not a, God doesn't go kind of like a, a wee like sparkler on the top of the head. No, we're talking flames. We're talking licking at the very head. We were, they were on fire. So we've got a fantastic day in which I'm just going to be, as you can see there, I'm going to talk about being Andrew. This is where we're going we're looking at, we've got a fantastic chance in June where we're going to be just celebrating or going to a celebration of hope, a chance in which we can share, bring our friends along and share. And Andrew was a fantastic example. So, welcome Pentecostal Sunday where the disciples went out. There was no church. They weren't, they weren't kept in here. They went out and they declared it to the nations. And we've got a chance to be part of that. How exciting is that? So I'm just going to quickly pray. Lord, thank you so much that you cared so much. Jesus, you, you had to go. You went back to heaven, but you left the Holy Spirit back, the comforter, the translator, the teacher, Lord God, that we can cry out to you. And through him, we can move mountains. Through you, we can move mountains. Lord, we ask right now your Holy Spirit will come. Come, Lord Jesus. We invite you in this time. Thank you. Amen. So... Since I'm here, I thought I'd better behave myself a little bit, a little bit. And you know, all these great, great men, all these great preachers always like to give a definition, always like to refer to the Greek. So I thought, hey, I'll do that. I'll pretend I know what I'm doing here. So evangelist, going to the Oxford Dictionary Definition, because I don't like Wikipedia. I like to go to Oxford because I'm of that age where I like to open a book. I like to smell the paper. I like the ink there. I like to get covered in dust because I'm weird. So, the Oxford Dictionary definition of evangelist can be defined simply as a person who seeks to convert others to the Christian faith. It's quite simple, isn't it? I think, we're, I think we could all come under there. We've chatted about that, I'm sure. Now, here comes the Greek. The originated word, the noun is, let's see if I get this right here, euangelist I. You like that? It's quite close. It was easy for me to pronounce that. So, it's in two sections. It's got the U. The EU, not the uh, which obviously you kind of do if someone discusses you. It's the U, which is good, and Angeline, which means messenger, pertaining to the word angel. So it's good messenger. So you, being an evangelist, is a bringer of good news. That sounds pretty easy, eh? 
You know, I'm bringing off good news. Cairn Beef 1, uh, Queen Park of the South, whatever, zero. Bring off good news. You can tell I don't follow football. So, before I start, though, I think I'm just going to, a little video that gives a few examples of people who have tried maybe just to evangelize their own ideas and just a little warning for those who suffer from misophonia. Do you know who that is? People who hate this. Features a little bit in there, so it's about four minutes. Relax, relax, enjoy, and I'll pick up from there. Evangelism is not for the weak, all right? I should know. I wrote a whole book about it, self-published. Most Christians, they are just good for bake sales and potluck dinners. But I'm telling you this right now. It takes a lot of moxie to grab a non-believer by the shirt collar and throw him in the front doors of a church and say, Hey, try living out your heathen life in front of a holy God that way. It is like holy water on a vampire. That's divine intervention, my friend. Repent for the kingdom of the Lord is nigh. Come to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, sir, it sounds like you're really passionate about Jesus. I am. Um, and you should also be okay. passionate about the Lord. Sir, if there's... You need to get sanctified or chicken fried. Can we... You need to get with the Lord or drive a Ford. Sir, we... Get right or get left. I share my faith. Okay, that's a lie. People don't even know I'm a Christian. I want to, again, another lie. I hardly shower, much less have the will to do anything else. Mm, okay, now if there was pizza and ice cream every time there was faith sharing, I'd do it. That's a lie, I'm lactose intolerant. Again, another lie, I'm just too cheap to buy dairy. Bottom line, sharing my faith makes me sweaty. Uh, tip number 95, um, use big church words like transubstantiation. Heathens get confused easily, and the more confused they are, the more shame they are. The more shame they are, the more apt they are to make a decision for Jesus Christ. I believe it's a responsibility, no. The privilege, no. The glorious privilege of every believer to share their faith with others. That's why I share my faith with everyone I come in contact with. Everyone, really? <laughs> yeah, everyone. How do you do that? Uh, Check out my shirt. Can't read it? Try this glove. Not working for you? How about this bracelet? No comprendo? Vistazo a estos. <laughs> Driving behind me? Read my bumper sticker. Says, it's okay if you follow close. I'm going to heaven. <laughs> oh, you're my waiter or waitress? I got a tip for you. Surprise! It's the gospel. I mean, what do you want? Money or eternity? <laughs> I also use these tracks. <laughs> so what about talking to people about your faith? I, I don't really like people, but I love Jesus. <laughs> Scripture mint? Hi, my name is George. And I'm Jorge, and together we're George and Jorge. Right, right. Uh, what we like to do is to take secular songs and reprogram them. Yes, the purpose is for evangelism. We like to take songs to the unbelieving world and make it believable. Right, right. Let us give you a sample right now. You tick. What is it? You're headed to H-E double hockey sticks. Hey, lost sinner, why don't you just give it all up to Jesus tonight? 
I was a freshman in college, the first time I invited someone to church. My best buddy called me. I was working at a grocery store. I was in the back cutting carrots, and my buddy called me. And I just said, hey, do you want to go to church with me tonight? And uh, I remember his words. He said, sure, I got nothing better to do. And I went to church with him. And, you know, I went there because they were serving pizza that night. Um, I don't remember what was said. I don't remember what was sung. During the services, I remember praying for him and just asking God to please reach out and touch his heart or do something because I knew he needed Jesus. And then um, God answered my prayers. That night changed my life, September 17th, 1987. It changed my life because I realized I needed a savior. <laughs> Thanks very much. Let's be finished. <clears throat> no, I, um, I saw that and it was quite challenging in a way because you kind of look at some of them and go, yeah, maybe a bit of him. Yeah, yeah a bit of him. Uh, yeah. And uh, I love the bit where the guy just says, uh, I think it was a banner man, where he goes, you know, you go, I love speaking to people, but I, I don't like them. But I, but I love my God, and I thought that was, that's quite apt for a lot of them. So I'd just like to um, see if this will work for me. Go to the next one, guys. So I like to get, I like to get back to the basics. So I'm just going to, I'm going to, yeah, Aaron's just switched on for me there. <laughs> just going to, I'm going to read from Matthew 22, 36 to 40 quite a simple, just bring it right back. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. I love that these are commands, but they're commands underwritten with love. We have got a gracious, gracious God that gives us instruction, and instruction how to live our life, but also to be able to love others. So I've just got, I've just got a quick question here. How many people here have been saved or have come here because of a friend introduced you to Jesus or brought you along to an event? Can you put your hand up, please? Because my next question is, how many people are here came to know Jesus through reaching or going to an outreach event by themselves? Interesting. Was about one hand went up there, but there was a good, you know, a good dozen or more went up there. I'm just trying to touch on you can see where it makes a difference when you go and get alongside someone and just get relational. There's a key word. I'm probably going to repeat that so many times in this talk, so you can start doing your usual, any youth out there will start counting them up, you know, once, twice, three times. We'll see how many I've mentioned it, but this whole talk is about a relationship with our God. So, why be an Andrew? I love that Will Graham picked us out, be an Andrew, because if you look at Andrew, he's never referenced as a great scholar, he's never referenced as a great preacher, a great teacher, and even his name means man. He was an ordinary disciple. He was a you and me guy. 
a great example that we can look at Andrew and go, wait a minute, he done enough in the Bible to be mentioned. And he was brought, he's an example of bringing people to Jesus. Let's see if I can get us to work now, guys. I'm probably pressing the wrong thing here. So, next verse, guys, next slides. I'm going to read from John 1, 35 to 42. The next day, John the Baptist was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they started following Jesus. Turning around, Jesus said to them, now, in a nice way, it's funny when sometimes you translate things, is what do you want? Now, if you're not walking with Jesus, it could be more like, what do you want? But I think Jesus was more gracious that way. They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, replied, and you will see. So he went and saw where he was staying, and he spent that day with him, and it was about four in the afternoon. Now, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John, and you will be called Cyphus, which means translated Peter. I love, in these verses, John referred to Jesus as the Lamb of God, a relational language to who Jesus was, one who removes our sins. But there's more to that in these verses. Very simple. You read what happened that day. Andrew knew John the Baptist. Andrew was following John. He was a disciple of John. So he trusted everything that John said at that point. That's the same can be applied to us. We have friends that will come alongside us, friends who accept that we're one of these weird Christian guys, friends that will go, you know, wait a minute. There's something I need to tell you about. Something with a genuine heart. There's something that's good that's happened to me. I need to share with you. They will see you as a trusted person, not some stranger from afar. Some sort of weirdo. They're going to go, why is, why is you and tell me about this Jesus? Also, reference to the Lamb of God is great. Lamb of God made sense at that time. They used lambs as sacrifice, something to take their sins away. The language was easily understood. When you talked about, you saw some of the examples there when you start using big words to confuse these non-believers. I'm sure some of them get, we are so used to being in church that we probably use words, even simple words like sin and, you know, and being saved. And even, can you imagine talking about not explaining Lamb of God? Like, why, why is you talking about lambs? Is he, is he suddenly a farmer? Does he, maybe he's got a little shareholder and that boy's got money. So, You've got to make sense. You've got to keep our language clear. And it's great that even in then, the language is nice and clear. And just reference verse 39. I don't know if that's, in the, that's there. Verse, reference verse 39. You noticed it says, So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day. So it wasn't just a fleeting moment. It wasn't just like a, a drive-by preaching, you know, be saved, and off you go again to the next town. It was nice. It's, they went with Jesus and spent that day. He knew who Jesus was, and Je Jesus invested in him. So through relationships, there's that word again, and time invested, John introduced Jesus to Andrew, and Andrew introduced Simon to Peter. 
Simon to Jesus, sorry. And we see what happens as the relationship goes on. In John 6, 1 to 12, it's a feeding of the 5,000. And this is where a good example of Andrew comes in again. Feeding of the 5,000. There was a problem that came up. You know, like, Tim, projector's broken. Tim, why is, Tim, why is this not working, Tim? What's going to happen here? Stress suddenly comes on. But what did Andrew do? He just went, Jesus, I've found this little boy and ushers this little boy to Jesus and go, what can you do with this? I noticed in that, in that book, there was also Philip. Philip's probably more, I'll have to stick my hand up, a bit more like me when Jesus goes, people need to be fed. Ewan, son of Cowden Beath and Norrie and Jean. What can we do? Instantly I'm like, well, I've got, yeah, I've got a pound maybe, some fluff. Um, I'll maybe try and go to DeVille's and get some ice cream, but I'm going to need some cash. And he looked, completely looked at the natural, but Andrew just brought what was there and went, Jesus, what can you do? Does that not speak of having that childlike faith that Jesus expects of us? Having that, Jesus, I can't do it, but I know you can. Now, I'm just going to, Andrew is one example, but I want to I bring Jesus. Jesus was who Andrew followed. So I'm going from a follower to the one who gave us a great example. And Jesus, throughout the whole Bible, you can see that he was good at being in relationships. That's probably three I've mentioned now. He invited himself to Zacchaeus' house in Luke 19, verse 5. I like his style. Now, I think Zacchaeus was quite a rich tax collector. That would be like me trying, inviting myself to the Beckhams. I think that would be quite... I, Jesus knew what he was doing. He was probably going to quite a lush house and going, I'm coming to your house for tea, Zacchaeus. Quite a wise man was our, was our Jesus. He also... Just a, just a, it's like a comment put to the side. He loves spending time with kids. Let the children come to me. How many parents are here? How many know it's quite exciting having to deal with kids? And it's quite, you know, when you're, and when you have someone that goes, bring the children to me, let me spend time with you. Is that not quite unusual? But this was the heart of our Jesus. This, he was working all levels. He wasn't just for, you know, I'm going to reach just, yeah, the rich and famous. That's my ministry. And then I'm, I'm going to leave the children to, the, to, to Stevie Payton because that's, that's his ministry because he's got kids. He's used to nappies and so it's sick on the shoulder. That's all good. It's all good. And then I'll leave the old people to, well, they'll die soon anyway. So that's, that's not a problem. So, Lord, it's over to you. No, no, no. You can see where I'm going here. You can see where I'm, our God cares for everyone. His heart breaks for everyone. Now, the one I'm just going to touch on, the one that keeps, I don't know, just been speaking to me in this week was a woman at the well. And John 4, 6 to 26. This is a, in that, in that book, we just see Jesus. He took time out. He was going through town and he, I actually read it as he was looking around and thought, I'm going to just sit there. I'm going to sit at the well. He knew, obviously, what was going on. And he 
He had a message. He had a message that was never changing, but he tailored it to every situation. It was unique. He listened to people and spoke to their hearts. He didn't have to what I think a lot of us might confess to. That's where you have an automated message where someone comes to you and goes, Hey, Ewan, how are you doing? Beep. Please press option one. Would you like to be converted? Two, would you like a biblical verse? Three, please do not tell me your problems because I don't know what to do. Jesus didn't have any of that. He listened. He brought that into that situation and he offered himself the living water. And just in that example, we saw that he didn't preach. There's none of this preaching. Jesus was just approachable, made himself available. Available, I think, is a challenge for us. How many people are busy? How many people have pressures on their life to try and take a step to the side and just make yourself available as a big challenge? But Jesus, Jesus done that. Let's move. Can we move to the next slide? Slide five, please. So reading just from Matthew 9, 36 to 39, we see Jesus is compassionate. When he saw the crowds, he was moved with compassion for them. This is reading for us, 9, 36 to 39. Because they were harassed and helpless. Harassed and helpless. It's great that even people then were harassed and helpless. And now there are many people here who are harassed and helpless, like sheep for a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest. Do you notice the word workers in that? It wasn't collectors. It wasn't like you were just going along, picking berries from a tree and sticking them in your pocket. Work is in there. So you're not... Jesus isn't going around encouraging us just to build up an entourage. These are all the people I've saved, by the way. Yes, so you look, feast your eyes on all these people. I did that, you know. Jesus kind of had a hand in it, but check that out. Boom, you're saved, join. Boom, you're saved, join. Come on, come on, I've got places to go. No, Jesus said work, workers. There's work to be done and ushering into the kingdom and we are few in these numbers. So I thought, what does he mean by work? What are you meaning by this work, God? And we're in a battle. We're in a battle. We're fighting against spiritual realms. We're fighting against the devil and Satan who wants to keep them exactly where they are. They want to keep them nice and cozy in their work, in their money, in their situation, on their couch, with their 5,000 inch size TV watching the football or getting caught up in the wedding type thing. And that says in, in slide six, it says in Ephesians six twelve, for the struggle is not against flesh and blood, but all against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. This is a good example. So when you go to your friends and go, Jesus, I need my friend to be saved. Lord, would you please allow me to reach out to my friends? Are you praying that the rulers will break forth 
and allow your friend to be saved? Are you praying that the authorities will not come against? Will you pray against the powers of the darkness would cease and they would break through? Classic examples of this and are in the, the Bible of when Daniel prayed and that it was to stir the heavens into motion to allow the archangel Michael to fight through to change the situation. When you're looking to get friends saved, when you're praying for your family, it's not enough to throw a five-minute prayer up. It's good to do it frequently, but you will have to bend the knee. You will have to bend the bow. You will have to sharpen the sword. You will have to stand and fight as hopefully each one of the friends, the people who are saved here, have done in the years before. I think I was blessed. I had generations of faithful, faithful family members. I think through that, through the grace of God, I came to know him. So I consider myself one of the, the rich who has a, a legacy of being saved. There's people there that just don't have that. They've never heard of this Jesus, the redemption, faith, not heard of how much they need to be rescued from because they only think of what's happening now, only think of a lifetime. How God does not think of a lifetime, how God thinks in eternity. So, it's fine, Ewan. It's fine. You're, you're, you're doing that. It sounds good, Ewan. We've got to fight. But, Ewan, what do we do? What do we do when we have to speak to people? Like, you know, I feel it's great. One of them talked about in that, that video clip there. I feel all sweaty and I have to talk. I don't know what to say. What well, says in the next slide, it says in 2 Timothy 1 7. This is where we go back to the word. It's not just about hearing. It's not about it's going back to the word because a word is what sharpens iron. A word is what we can stand firmly on. And it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Self-discipline. Does that not mean you have to work? You have to hone? You have to get fit? So... Are you with me? Am I clear? Amen. So, we have an excellent opportunity, church. We've got the Will Graham Celebration of Hope. Starts June the 15th. An event that will change lives, towns, and families. So, as a church, can I encourage you? Can I ask you? Let's get to the next slide, guys. To be an Andrew. Let us be a person of prayer. Let us be a compassionate person as Jesus was. Let us be available. <sighs> available. Wait a minute, check my watch. Mm, two minutes, you and you've got, then you, and I'm out of here. I've got things to do. Available, isn't it great? It's sometimes good to stop. We've had how many people have had their ears buzzing with be still. The run up to this is be still. Let God fight your battles. It's a chance for us to be still, a chance to grab a friend, a chat over a coffee. Now come on, who likes coffee here? Miracle beans. Man. E equals MC squared. E equals energy. M equals milk and lots of coffee. Amazing. Einstein knew it straight away. So coffee, a curry, 
We've had a curry, or, re- or, or you know, quite recently, curries are good. And where's Zahana's there? Oh man, they, they pioneered meeting together of curry. They had a, in, our, in our youth, which was a few days ago, met together, had guys come together for a curry. I think it was called Come On Your Raj, was a group. And we sat and we chatted and it was, friends, it was Christian friends, it was friends from school. We were able to just chat and the fellowship. And we, were, uh, and we just chatted, we shared stories. We actually rated, I think, some of the curry houses in Dunfermline and we gave them a little plaque. Stuart Hannah, you are a legend. Stuff yourself. So we've got be available, be a seeker. Jesus was wandering about. He was available, but then he saw this woman in the well. It's not just about friends. Sometimes it's just looking out and going, that guy doesn't look too happy. Or it's a stirring in your spirit going, God, what, what am I going to say? Be available. That's a time spent in prayer, ears open, heart open, and then being an usher. How good's that? You got a chance to bring someone before Jesus. It's nothing that needs to be, it's nothing like what we've seen on the news recently about the royal wedding. It's not about you've got to put a crown over their heads, a robe over their shoulders, ushering them with a fanfare. Ta-da, ta-da, ta-da. Nothing like that. But most of all, be yourself. Uh, you know people that I don't. I know people that you don't. And only you can reach these type of people. There's things that I will quite happily chat to people about. And there's things that I won't have a clue about, which makes conversation quite difficult. So, Ewan, did you see the football score? Which one? The one on Saturday. Which one? You can see the instant the conversation will be going, oh, I'm out of here, man. But if I go, wait a minute, Stevie might know about this. But if you ask me about Marvel, DC, superheroes, I'm not saying I am one. Just in case, I know I look a bit like Clark Kent, who likes Greg's and Stevens, the Bakers. But, you know, relationship. So if any of you go, Ewan, come on, Ewan. This is serious, Ewan. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? Let's go back to the first item. Be a person of prayer. If you struggle with any of these, Lord, I struggle with being compassionate. I'm going to pray about it. I struggle with time. I'm going to pray about it. God, who am I going to speak to? I can't see anyone. Pray about it. Ask for opportunities. Be serious. Because if you ask for opportunities, you will get opportunities. Just don't go, hey God, hey, opportunities, and just walk past all the people. Because there will be going, people going, excuse me, you, you, would, you, can I, two minutes? Be serious. God is a faithful God. He will answer your prayers. Next slide, guys. Now, I picked up in the word B, my, my way my brain works. B, ah, bzz, I thought B, <laughs> fluffy thing, big fluffy bottom, shouldn't fly, defies physics, but it does. And I saw this and I went, B, lives matter. 
Brilliant. If you just put a comma after the B, B lives matter. If you can be an Andrew because we know lives matter. If we can put selfishness aside, pride aside, fear of failure, poof, fear of failure. We have been righteously saved. It's a time to present our friends to our God. Get childlike because lives matter. We don't here for a set period, a short, short time. I mean, I've only got another 150 years before I go home. It's not right. It's actually only 100. Um, we've got a time in which we can reach out, we can evangelize, we can grasp, we can take hold of our friends. If we realize and take hold of what we're rescuing from, if you think when it gets to that point and you've not got your friend in your head or your friend unexpectedly passed away and you're like, you know what, I don't know if I, I actually shared anything with them. I'm not sure if they were actually aware of who Jesus was. I'm not sure if they were aware of our God and Savior. How would you feel? This is not meant to be heavy. It's just to get you thinking. I want to wake up the little synapses in your brain. I want you to get you thinking, going, look, God, you saved me. I'm great. I can go. I'm on that chariot, fiery chariot up to there. But Lord, give me a chance. Let's get serious here. I got reminded that, I've not thought about this for years, but I, had a, I was at college and I had a, a friend. Now, I was quite new in my faith, but I was trying to be open as much as I can. And I was, now I'd be 18. How many 18-year-olds here? There's a few. Is that you, Fiona? Did you just, Fiona, did you put your hand up? My big sister just put her hand up. You do the maths. Right now. Um, and I thought, I was fine. I'm 18-year-old. I am indestructible. I can do things. I can leap over buildings. I am a superhero. Not true, but I had that in my head. I had my whole life ahead of me. And we got to college that day. We were in a sponsored um, group from Exxon. And we were going, we were just a team, team about eight, just going together everywhere. We practically, we were almost like a disciple group, actually. We just shared lives. We went to college together, and then we got on so well that we just went out together. And we, we got one day to college, and we got pulled into an office to say one of our friends was involved in a nasty car accident. It was his car and a bus on one of the roads going to college and was instantly killed. Now that, that shook me. I felt I didn't have the qualification. I felt I didn't have the ability. I didn't have the knowledge to share. But at the same time, I wasn't too sure if I had shared enough for my friend. So by the grace of God, we are here. And by the grace of God and by his love, we can share. I'm just, as I say, we're getting, we're getting close, guys. Close to the end. Thank you for, uh, for listening. But I just want to reference, how many people saw the six weeks to save a nation? The BBC done a document on the Will Graham event that's coming up. I watched bits of it here and there. And I was interested. Uh, it, was, it was great. I could see that the, the BBC maybe picked up on certain aspects of it. But they closed it with this. 
of a statement saying, yeah, the Will Graham event back in that time was good. But it didn't have a lasting effect, I'm thinking. Lasting effect. People had attended an event that God's name had been declared over there. And this gentleman thought it didn't have quite a lasting event. I just heard, I mean, how many people heard the, the Bishop Curry from the wedding? I believe the people attending and the people who were watching, I think it was about 19 billion, I believe, had tuned in. So how many people heard the gospel? So I just want to give a little example. And some people think, yeah, yeah, it's an event. I may or may not turn up. Yeah, I might saunter up there. I may or may not be involved. I'll just, maybe my friend kind of have this meh attitude. I believe it's meh, M-E-H. Is that right, youth? Is that what you spell it, meh? Hashtag, maybe? Not sure. Um, got this wee video clip of where this celebration of hope has impacted a place somewhere reasonably close to us. If you could line up the next video, guys. Good morning, everybody. I met this lovely couple, James and Linda, from Mintlaw, and they were at the Peterhead Celebration of Hope. And um, you were telling me how your church benefited. Could you just uh, tell us this morning, how did your church benefit? What, did, what was your thoughts of the celebration? Yeah. Hello, folks. Uh, you're in for a, a, a good event. We had a, a wonderful time with the Will Graham team. And as a result of the work that was done there, we had 23 baptisms in wow. our small church. Wow. So I'd encourage you to speak to your friends and family and colleagues and, and bring them along because there's a, a great chance, a blessing to be had. Amazing. And what about you, Linda? What was your thoughts on this celebration and, and these baptisms? Yeah, well, it was wonderful. We, um, and that one of the highlights for us was the, the churches that were getting together and the good relationships and the new friends that were made when we're all working together as one for the kingdom of God. It was just great. I would recommend that you go and put your all into it. And what do you think was the what do you think was the key to the 23 baptisms? Obviously, in order for 23 people to be baptized at your church, there must have been a number of um, non-believers. Oh, they're going to get run over by a car. <laughs> must have been a, a number of the, your your church must have been quite motivated to bring their friends. What, what would you say was the keys to that number 23? That's a lot. That's right. Well, there was a lot of prayer. There was a lot of preparation. And uh, inviting people, and, and uh, the Will Graham team uh, give good materials, and, and historically, Billy Graham uh, touched a lot of lives in the past, so there was still a bit of knowledge of this event, and people, it, it encouraged uh, people to come along, so yeah, mm. go for it, I'm sure you'll get to see great fruit, and uh, I trust you'll be blessed, we'll be praying for you, that uh, you'll see a great harvest in the centre of Scotland. Our, our church was really involved in it as well, and as and the pastor is really behind it, and he encouraged us all to go and get involved and to bring people to it. So it's Absolutely. a good thing. Yeah. yeah, so we will, the churches will reap what they sow, and if we, we bring people, there will be a number that gets saved. Yes. So Absolutely. just want to encourage people to bring your friends, be praying for all those, and uh, let's see a great harvest. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate Bye-bye. Bye. So did you pick up on that? 23 baptisms. Now, does that not sound like something happened? Does that not sound like from that Will Graham event, which people, a lot of people would think, Ewan, come on now, it's an event, come on, 
23 baptisms, that's people who have accepted Jesus into life, who have wanted to go forward and have step, taken the next step into baptism. And Peter Head, now I don't think it's, you know, it's not too big, but lives are being transformed, guys. Lives are being transformed. I'm just, probably, yeah, the last slide's perfect, guys. I'm just going to, you probably already know this, a little bit of historic information. Years ago, I'm going to read now, you like that? Years ago, I'm going to put on my reading voice now. A new Christian, 24-year-old Albert McMacken. It's a good name, that. Can I say it again? Albert McMacken. Loaded his pickup truck with friends and drove them every night to an evangelical campaign in his city. Now, the chances are you've never heard of McMacken's name before. Who's heard of this name? Hmm. But you're probably familiar with one of his passengers on the truck. A young man who was converted to Christ that same week. His name was Billy Graham. One man, never heard of him, unless you look into the history of Billy Graham and man Albert McMacken just loaded, must have loaded these guys in the back of his pickup, just took him along, and at that moment, Billy Graham got converted. In the same way, Andrew brought his brother Peter to Christ, and Peter ended up bringing multitudes to Christ. You just never know. The person that you share your faith with today or bring to church may be used by God to great things you never dreamed possible, and God will do his part. Can I ask if the, the band could come up, please, if that's okay? I've been talking a lot about evangelism just evangelizing, going out there, sharing your faith. And I just want to give everyone a chance and just to, just to give their life to know more, to get a relationship, there's that word again, a relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm just going to lead us in prayer. Now, it's, it's not like a fanfare. It doesn't mean you need to stand up and shout, it's just declaring an acceptance of who Jesus is. So I'm going to say a prayer. You can say it inward to yourself, or if I'm maybe church, you could just just repeat it. So it's because I know we're British. People like, oh my goodness, that guy's saying it. Wait, wait, go. Oh, inside. Serious. But I just want to say a prayer, and then if you at the end of that prayer have honestly made a decision just to accept Jesus, just to go for Him. Please see myself, please see Aaron. Come with us or one of our leaders. Just come and speak to us after church meeting. We may pray with you. And we may just confirm your life. So, Lord, Lord Jesus, I come before you knowing that I have done wrong. I come before you really not knowing what to do. Lord Jesus, you died for me that you may set me free. So Lord, would you come into my life? Would you please forgive me for all the wrong things that I have done? Because I know that you know what I've done. Come into my life, Lord. Set me free. 
guide me in your ways. I want to follow you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. God bless. Thanks.